Tommy B. Hey, welcome to the G Podcast. Uh, this is Tommy B. And it's my birthday week. And as we tape the podcast, typically on Sunday, that's my birthday, June 7th. So we're taking a break and we're asking you, as I do it, to breathe and thank a teacher. Don't forget to share the show with friends. And we'll be back next week with uh, an episode that includes our normal news, politics, and all that good stuff that Ratchet Mix. Enjoy. Holding back Okay, who's this? Thomas, this is your fifth grade teacher, Ellen Sisterhen, better known as Miss Singer. Wow, are you serious? Wow. I'm very serious. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like a an incredible birthday present for me, Miss Singer. Thank you so much for calling in. What's what's going on? What you, what you up to? I mean, what was the last time we talked? Other than emailing back and forth, I, I think it was we talked when you were in fifth grade, and that would have been <laughs> in nineteen. 19- 75. Wow. So has my voice changed at all? Not not much. (laughs) (laughs) You're still that enthusiastic fifth grader I remember. Well, yeah, I'm going to I want to ask you. So so what do you remember about me? With teaching fifth grade? Yeah, with teaching fifth grade. None of the none of the dirt. Don't don't expose the dirt because my my co-hosts are sitting here listening to this. But go ahead. I remember your infectious smile. I remember you being so social and involved in all kinds of school activities and plays. Um, I remember your mom coming in for a conference and she was so proud of you. She was such a lovely person. And I told her at the time that I expected to find out later on that you would become the mayor of Atlanta. (laughs) Unfortunately. And and I know that you didn't, but but I heard that you've been very accomplished. You have this beautiful family. So I think that's just great. Oh, wow. See, you're making me blush. You're making me blush. I appreciate that. I, I also sent you some pictures. Yes, you that, did. I took a lot of pictures in fifth grade. And if you notice, mm-hmm. you're in every single one that I sent <laughs> because no matter what, if it's a hand, a foot, just your face, somehow, whenever I was taking a picture... You found a way to get in it. Wow. And let me let me explain uh, to my podcast audience and, and to my co-host that Miss Singer, I, I don't know if you found me. You saw my name on Facebook and you had the photos. You found them. How, how did we reconnect? You know, what happened was I was planning. I was working on a committee for a high school reunion and I went on classmates and I put in in the name of my high school and I was trying to find classmates and reconnect and then just on a whim I typed in Grove Park Elementary and your name came up and I contacted you and then that's how we came back and forth and then on Facebook and so on yeah and and let me let me ask you also because uh, you you know you're you're you stood out at, at at Grove Park for for one reason. <laughs> you were like, were you the, were you the only were you the only white teacher at the time at Grove Park? There were there were three of us that were that were um, white teachers, and one of them it, it was so bizarre. But when I got to Grove Park, I found out that one of the teachers there grew up in my neighborhood back in Canton, Ohio. Wow. She, uh, we knew each well, well we knew each other. 
Dixon's family as well. She was a couple years older than I was. I don't know if you remember Miss Dixon. Yeah, I do. I think, yes, I think I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So what, what are the chances that I'm going to end up at Grove Park? Had no idea she was there and um, she, it was great. To, to reconnect with her also. How'd you get into teaching? I mean, because you mentioned, you know, as over the period that we've been talking that, that um, you know, the first two years of teaching, you were teaching at an inner city school at Grove Park in Atlanta, the right. heart of Atlanta, which is, which by the way, Grove Park is still open. It's part of the Atlanta public school system. So how'd you get, how'd you get into uh, an inner city school in what, 1975, 74, 75? Or 73 I started 73? at Grove Park. How'd you how'd you get in there? How'd you how'd you get into that? Well, and, and also how how what was the experience? Well, what I did was it, it, I was going to the University of Miami and I was an education major, so I did student teaching at a school that interesting enough had a large Hispanic population due to the Cuban influx. Mm-hmm. And I had this uh, consulting teacher who was like the most effective teacher I ever encountered. So um, it, it just made me so excited to teach. I wanted to emulate her. And I interviewed at Miami when uh, a recruiter came from the Atlanta public school system. And I was talking about hoping to move to Atlanta. I'd love to teach in the Atlanta public schools. And um I, when I got to Atlanta, I called him and there was no opening. So I started tutoring in DeKalb School District. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one weekend I went away to Six Flags over Georgia, wow. came home. There was a telegram in the mail and it said that if you're interested in teaching in Atlanta public schools, we have an opening at Grove Park and report there Monday morning. Wow. And that's how it all began. What, what's the big takeaway for you when when you look back now over the years? I just thought it it was just wonderful because the experience being in a school where I felt welcome, where everybody was so willing to help me. I I was just blown away by the whole experience, and I didn't feel like it was I was a white person in a black. Uh, Cool. I just felt like I was a teacher there that was accepted. Um, I just enjoyed the faculty. Everybody was so helpful, and it it was it just amazed me. Yeah, it was. The other thing yeah. was that was so funny was that the teacher that I took the job that I replaced, she had quit on um, the te- uh, on the first day of school. Wow. And so they had gone like a month without having anybody there because of all the paperwork and everything that, that had all the red tape. And so when I showed up, these two teachers had a hundred kids that they were between the two of them that wow. they were trying to teach. Wow. Amazing. And see if, if folks, it was- it, and I, I know Grove Park has changed. Uh, I, I always see the external part. I don't know what's going on on the inside, but they had this, yeah. what is it like the, the big room that was, cut into quarters with a with a central right. air I just that's what I remember most about the school so I can imagine you know a teacher being able to to, to actually 
handle, well, not handle, but have 100 students just by opening up those dividers between the classrooms. It was crazy. They were all in the middle. You know how you had the four classrooms yeah. and then you had a big middle area? Yep. Well, they had 100 students in the middle oh. area. And so when I walked in uh, there and introduced myself and they, they were like, Red, you know, just like so happy to see a warm body. And they said, um, yeah. we'll give you a couple days to set up. And I said, I've got everything in my car. I'll set my room up today and I'm ready to go tomorrow. Wow. And I remember going home that evening and just going through all the manuals and all, the, you know, writing up lesson plans and doing this. I barely slept that night, but I, I just remember that experience of the first day teaching and how crazy the whole thing was. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, um, first of all, let me say thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. And I do want to ask you with, with before I let you go, um, you've been, are, are you retired from teaching currently? I am. Okay. So looking back in, in, in retrospect, um, what would you tell, you know, today's parent, about you know how to navigate the climate of what's going on. How what would what would you say? First thing I would tell a parent is to be a role model. Be a role model to your kids. Be civil. Focus on the positive. You know, establish and, and maintain a daily routine. Take the time to talk to your kids. Be honest about what's going on in the world, and you know, just. Stay connected to, to the school and all, too. Tell them, you know, how important an education is. To me, like, an education's a gift. It's the most important thing that you can give your child. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, Ellen, Sister Han, Miss Singer, as I know you, <laughs> I'll always know you as Miss Singer. I greatly appreciate you connecting again. Um, I appreciate those those photos. My family flipped out. <laughs> when they saw the young me, uh, you know, I've calmed down and mellowed out quite a bit. Uh, I'm still crazy, but but I greatly appreciate you sending me those photos and and stay in touch. And, and one more thing I got to I got to say to my audience about Ellen. She's a runner, too. You still running, by the way? I am 68 and I'm still doing half marathons. Oh! My, my full marathon days are behind me. How many have you run? How many marathons have you run? I don't know. I, I, I'd I have to go in and I have a I have a metal wall. So oh, I'm not wow. sure how many that I that I've done. But I started my first at age 37. I ran the L.A. Marathon. That is amazing because I've only I ran one and that was enough for me. <laughs> I remember you doing the Peachtree Runners. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that- I was doing the peace tree, the, the peace tree road race every year. And, and I, I, my, my knees, you know, were, were a little crazy. So I had to back off, but I did run the Atlanta marathon. I finished it, but, um, I, I have all the respect for, for ma- half marathons. I loved, but one thing I did learn, so do I. they're not people. People would always tell me before I, I ran the marathon, they would say, look, a marathon is not two marathons. Don't look at it that way. I mean, I'm, no, they say a marathon is not two half marathons. Don't look at it that right. way. It's, it's a completely different run. You know, just because you're doing great with the half marathons, treat the full marathon a different way, train harder. So um, I, luckily I got that advice before I ran the Atlanta marathon. So good stuff. Great for you. Well, keep in touch. 
I greatly appreciate you calling in and 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 keep running. <laughs> Have a wonderful, wonderful birthday. And who knows, one day maybe we'll do a half marathon together. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to embarrass me. All right. All right, Miss Singer, thank you so much. Take care. I'll keep holding on. Hello, who's this? Hi, Thomas. This is your seventh grade teacher, Mrs. Clifford Elizabeth Richardson Floyd from Grove Park Elementary School, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, no, Miss Floyd. You still teaching, Miss Floyd? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> one of one of my many favorite students. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you we so much. We had some great times together as teacher and as student. And, uh, it's wonderful to wish you a a happy, happy birthday. Wow. And I'm glad I've been around to see you get as young as you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you put it that way. There you go. Thank you. Ms. Floyd. <laughs> That's a birthday gift within itself. Thank you so much. Miss Floyd, now, the last time I saw you, was, was it your birthday party that you were having? I, I, it was it was my 80th birthday party. Wow. So congratulations to you. And, and so how long ago has that been? You don't mind. You don't mind sharing your age. Four, four, four years ago, on May twenty second, wow. I turned eighty four years old. Awesome, awesome, and you still sound great. You still sound like thank like, you, like Mrs. Floyd. <laughs> I know. And, and let me ask you, Mrs. Floyd, because I don't think I've re- really ever had the conversation with you. What got you into teaching? What got you into teaching? And, and what what brought you to? Uh, inner city Atlanta, I guess you call that somewhat inner city Atlanta to teach. What got you into that? Well, you see, I am originally from Miami, Florida. I came to Marsh Brown College um, to uh, for my uh, college degree, and I did earn that. And it was in my major was sociology, and uh, my minor was education. Mm-hmm. It was my desire to become a social worker. And my second choice was to be in education and teaching. And my third choice was to be a lawyer. All right. Well, what happened was I returned home and I got my job substituting teacher teaching. And um, I decided to move back to Atlanta. And when I came to Atlanta, I uh, got a job at Family and Children's Services, Fulton County. Mm. I worked there for about four years. I had never seen deprivation Mm. as it was as a social worker. I had never seen people uh, who did not have food and the necessary clothing because I was reared with all of those things. My parents were... Uh, people who worked. My daddy was an independent gardener uh, and had his own business. And my mother was independent as a seamstress. And so we always had, and I did not realize that there were people who did not have when I started working as a social worker. Well, after working as a social worker, I saw children Hmm. that I felt needed help and I said how can I do this Uh, I need to go back into education Mm. plus I had a son who I needed to be with on those holidays and what have you Mm. and so I came back to 
educationally at Atlanta Public Schools. And I stayed at Atlanta Public Schools for over 36 years, working with students like you in the Grove Park area uh, at West Fulton Middle School. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to Brandon Elementary School and worked there approximately 10 years as an assistant principal. Wow. But I thought that I could help and be a solace to students mm-hmm. so that they can reach their highest potentials in life and have great careers. And I just wanted to touch their lives. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to know that there was a better life out there and you did not have to stoop, you know, and and, and be in the poverty realm of life. There was something better out there, even though we were segregated mm-hmm. and what have you. Right. And so that's why I went in, you know, into teaching. And even after I retired, I said, Thomas, I still have not teaching. I went into the Christian education segment mm-hmm. of teaching and teaching adults in conventions and associations and speaking to them and writing the curriculum for Christian education and learning about it, having a spiritual life. That's amazing. Good work. And, and you know what? Mm-hmm. You were... You were very much a leader, I would say, uh, even though you only taught me uh, in a direct way um, in seventh grade. um, I started actually attended Grove Park from fourth grade, like the second half of fourth grade on through seventh. I always knew that you were there. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, you were like you had, of course, you know, God rest his soul, rest in peace, Mr. Willingham, J.B. Willingham, principal. But ultimately, you were one of the leading teachers and and you were one of the leaders. So everybody knew you. Everybody. everybody That's true. That's true. (laughs) And there was a thing about it uh, in in Grove Park. And it was just funny. And don't bother Floyd's children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you tell you tell them you tell her if they were rude, disrespectful, or what have you, and she would handle it. But yeah. you did not bother Floyd's children. <laughs> not at and all. And that was so funny. <laughs> not at all. So what do you what do you remember? I mean, what what's the big, what's the biggest takeaway from from those early years of teaching for you? If if there had to be a takeaway uh, from from that time. Uh, especially as we we deal with what's going on now, um, how do you, looking back? What's the biggest takeaway for you? Well, looking back, uh, Thomas, the, the greatest takeaway for me is that I was able to infuse myself, so to speak, within that school, but that entire that entire community and 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 the parents knew that I was a true person of love and compassion for their children. And I could get the grandparents, cousins, all family members. If I had a project going on, I could get all of them to be, to help me. That's what we would call the community coming into the school and helping, helping others, which is, should be the thing that is done today rather than fighting with the schools, we should be there to help the schools. Mm. And this is the kind of thing that the late Dr. Willingham Mm. and the late Sylvia Jones as principals of that school Mm -hmm. embedded into us. And then they gave me an opportunity to be a leader in that school. 
And because I was a leader, I learned so many, many things to help so many, many people in their lives. Agreed. And I still have this category of former students like you. (laughs) Like me, definitely. (laughs) Like you. (laughs) That totally come to see about me and also to ask uh, uh, my advice Mm -hmm. about certain issues for today. Mm -hmm. I think of the Reverend Dr. Uh, Deborah S. Holloway, who will become uh, the new new, uh, pastor uh, in uh, Southwest Atlanta. Uh, Linda Williams, Gilbert Williams, who's in California. Mm -hmm. Damon uh, Damon Franklin, who is in Seattle, you know, Seattle, Washington, yep. Jerry, questions. Jerry Freeman and Jason Freeman, my my musicians who have been on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And so it's all that I'm surrounded by all of this goodness. And that's because I try to have not only teaching also means that you have to have compassion. Yeah, so true. You have to love what you do mm-hmm. in order to be successful at what you do. So true. So speaking of compassion, um, how, what do you remember about crazy me? <laughs> Back in because uh, I know I was. You were not. If, you were not. I was teaching One me. thing about it, you were just you were a little boy in stature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were a very little tiny boy in stature. Okay. But the thing, the thing about you. You were very, very respectful, a little shy, uh, but academically, uh, you were very gifted Mm. and talented. You could analyze situations, and sometimes you didn't look directly at your person in the eye, but your eyes would kind of go downward as if you were thinking Mm-hmm. And then they would rise up, raise up, you raise them up, and then you would answer the question as you thought it should be answered, and it was always in the correct mode. Wow. Okay. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, you did that. And okay. secondly, you did so uh-huh. many social studies uh, projects when you were in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and they were about the issues of today. Uh, they concerned at that time what was going on with MARTA. Mm. Uh, and other issues in the community, the projects. And I had an uh, Ford. Mm -hmm. It was blue. It was blue. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would get you in that car (laughs) after school Mm -hmm. and go to your father's house, Mm -hmm. your home, and ask permission, permission for you to be uh, to go with me to defend your project, <laughs> and of course, and of course, he <clears throat> he would say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas, I didn't know whether that car was going to break down or what it was going to do <laughs> <laughs> because it did so so many times, yeah. but it didn't break down on us. Yeah. And uh, we would go to uh, 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 the city uh, social studies fair, and there you would be, basically seventh grade, but almost a littlest child there in the um, fair defending his project as if he was such a big man <laughs> or a big wow. boy. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> I do remember, I do remember my Marta 
that my project on Marta though, because because uh, Marta. Yeah, was, you did. <laughs> the, rail, yes. the rail system was and just getting started. Yeah. We would we would leave there. That project traveled. Uh, and uh, there was the regional, the regional fair, mm. social studies regional fair, where we had the different counties, and we took that little project. And there were other projects also we we took uh, to there, and we always came back with some ribbons. Oh man, that's <laughs> we did. We we came back with some ribbons, and it was a just wonderful thing that Mr. Willingham would get over the PA system with the morning announcements mm. and tell what we had done, you know, um, we would we had done at the fair. Wow. And uh, the fairs, rather. <laughs> <laughs> and we would have such a, we would have a, a, such, a, you know, wonderful time mm-hmm. uh, doing, you know, doing those things. Uh, and you were a student. Yeah. So, uh, and and you were anxious to do uh, the projects and anxious to do your lesson, and you didn't got give anybody any any. You were not confrontational uh, to any teachers or me or anyone. You were always very 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 respectful. Wow, you know. Wow. And that's right. I, I just remember that little boy. Sometimes I think about it. I say he's not big as the project. You know, all is the project. That's changed. <laughs> but, 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 and as I say, yeah. there were several projects because yeah. I think a couple of times you had about two two projects in you know in the fair yeah. because our social science fairs mm-hmm. at Grove Park were one of the largest in the city of Atlanta at that particular time so true I you know it was competitive very competitive yeah we had a competitive yeah you sport. were you were very you were you were very competitive that was with the spelling bee you were in that you know yeah wow uh, so you're with, bringing up stuff uh, I've forgotten with, about with, <laughs> well with Mrs. Salisbury yeah. you were there with you know there with her with that and when Mr. Salisbury had his field day and what have you you were out there running around doing what you could do you know in order to 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 help with help with that and be a part of that, and one thing I could say, your father was very cooperative with me. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any problems with me. He just he see us coming and he just wave his hand. So all <laughs> we, we didn't have to stop. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. Yeah. Well, Miss Floyd, I mean, you know, first of all, uh, you know, a lot of everything you've just been mentioning, I couldn't have done it without the support of you. Um, and the teachers, I tell people, uh, to this day, and as a matter of fact, uh, myself and, 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 and Randy, uh, Latimer, we, Latimer, we did a, yeah, yeah, podcast. yeah, Randy, yeah. Our podcast, we called it GP3 after, you know, Grove Park. And, and the three of, three of us, oh. uh, Tamoya, were part of the, uh, podcast. We all graduated from, from Grove Park. So we, we, we always honor Grove Park. Uh, the the area, but definitely the school, and and it's just amazing to me to go back and see that school and that gate still standing. That's just still amazing to me. That's still amazing to me. But it's me- amazing, but you see, mm-hmm. you had such such wonderful uh, wonderful teachers who cooperated with each other, yeah. and at that time, Grove Park was one of the top schools in the Atlanta public school system wow. because we had such wonderful teachers, Mrs. Dorothy Jacobs, you know, mm. oh, yeah. Mrs. Bloom, yep. uh, um, you know, we just had so many 
uh, just just wonderful uh, teachers, Mama Dickens. Mm-hmm. You know, we all call Mama Dickens. <laughs> you yeah. know, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we just had such wonderful people, uh, you know, there at that school. And we had wonderful principal, two principals at that school, who allowed teachers to unleash their talents and their gifts and to help our students and they did not hinder us from doing special projects and putting our children in special uh, uh, projects and competitions and and what have you and art and all that and Spanish and Mm. it was just it was just a wonderful school. It was the largest school at that, you know, at that time, the largest elementary school at that time. Wow. But it was just such a wonderful school that gave so many of our children a basis for living. Excellent, excellent, Miss Floyd. I don't want to, I don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to ask you this question. Uh, you know, first of all, I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, it means a lot to me. And and for those folks who who are aware of you, who are listening, I know it means a lot to you know to to hear from you. Uh, but the um, considering the climate right now, um, what if what advice would you give uh, teachers and parents when it comes down to dealing with all the things that we're dealing with uh, in the world, or in, especially now specifically in the U.S. and in our in our cities? What, what would you? What advice would you give? Well, one thing I would say is that we have to accept change. Uh, Things have changed tremendously, and it seems like, you know, relatively speaking, that has changed all overnight. And so we have to deal with the fact that uh, we have to accept these changes, and in accepting these changes, we have to do what is best for the children. Mm-hmm. That is a question. What is the best that we do for the children? Not for ourselves per se. We have to do reteaching children. We have to, uh, parents have to teach children who they are and whose they are. Mm. Teachers have to be compassionate and understand that this is a change in history. History is simply repeating itself in a different time zone. And we have to admonish our children as to what this history is all about. We have to teach them what the history is all about. This is a refurbalization basically in a different vernacular of the civil rights, uh, civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And t- and teachers, uh, they are doing what they can. The administrations have to understand you can't unload everything on teachers. You've got to unleash them so that they can teach the children. They have too many other things to do rather than teaching. You know, Mm -hmm. that's administrative type things that the administration could do. Mm -hmm. I've been in administration and I know there's some things that they can relieve the teachers of doing so that the teachers can teach the children and the children can be those children that we are looking to be our leaders for the future. And if we are so disgusted Mm -hmm. About what is going on, we have to turn around and look at what Maya Angelou said in her poem. Still, I what I rise. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of what the situation is, 
you know, you may kick me, you may spit on me, you know, you may do all of these things, but we as a people and we as teachers who will teach and lead our children, we have to understand that regardless, this too shall pass. Mm. And we will we will rise. And coming from a Christian perspective, which I am a Christian, we have to hold on to God's unchanging hand because all of these things will come to pass. We have to be steadfast. Hold on. Don't start. Listen. And then after we listen, then we take action. But we have to take action, uh, not through violence. We can't. We can't do that. Hmm. Okay. We can't. We can't do that. We've got to use what God gave us, and that is with our minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got to use our time, and we've got to use our talents. And we've got to use our treasure to bring things. Get out there, do what you need to do. Admonish people to vote. Admonish them to vote. Mm -hmm. Because voting will be the change. If they knew the history behind how we got the right to vote, even though it was in in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they understand that, then they will go to the polls and they will vote. And that's the way we have to do. So much has been done. So many people have died because of the vote. And so many people have died according to what these young people who are protesting. They have a right to protest. They have a right. But you do not have the right to kill them. So true. You can't. You you do not have a right to call the army on on citizens who just want to protest as to bring it to your attention that something is wrong and it needs to be fixed. And how we need to be fixed, it needs to be fixed. People need to sit down at the table mm. and bring this thing to an end because they are right. It's been going on too long. Hmm. It's been going on since slavery time, since my great great grandfather, who was born at the cuff of slavery. Wow! You hmm. see, so these are my things that I say to our teachers: you are admired, you are loved, you are appreciated. Teach our children how to become scientists. Teach our children how to be technology literate. Teach us people how to be preachers and and teach um to engineers. Go into all these higher fields of careers so that you can make the change. And this is what I say to them. Parents, work with your children. You had an opportunity to to, to bond with your children through this pandemic. And so you know where your children are. You know where your family. And please understand that family is all you have in this world. Mm -hmm. Because social laws and legal laws conflict. But the family is the only thing that you have. Even in this pandemic, who can go to your last rites? Nobody but your family. So love your family. Love each other. Take care of each other. And know that this too shall pass, and the Lord God Almighty is with us. 
24-7. He doesn't change. <laughs> there you go. With the, hey, with that said, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> you, 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 have, <laughs> well, Thomas, you have you said know, You have I said thank you. Yeah, I you thank you. So, I thank you so much. Uh, you know, so much because Reverend Locke would say, I did not know you knew Thomas. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> Yeah, I got to reach out to him. I, I, I got to call yes, him. I yes, I, I do. Yes, I do. I have not but, talked uh, to him. I, I, thank, him. I, yeah. I thank you. I thank you so much. And I thank you for not forgetting about me. Never, never, never. Can't do that. I thank you for not forgetting about me. Yeah. Because even, as I say, at the Grove Park Elementary School, the West Wilton Middle School, mm-hmm. and at Brandon Elementary School, I gave it all I had, Mm. and I did what the Lord told me to do as far as teaching. Uh, I have a thing, as I say, that I teach that I am one who loves to teach, Mm -hmm. and I love to teach, and I teach, and I still teach. (laughs) I haven't stopped teaching at 84. Well, I, as I, I always call you, and, and whenever we say Mrs. Floyd, we have to say Mrs. C.E. Floyd, because that's the way right. we, we, we could see your signature. And uh, all the students knew that C.E. was always a part of your name. Mrs. Floyd, I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and tell all those time. guys that that's down there, Randy and all of them, I love them. I will. I absolutely <laughs> will. And you take care of yourself in these pandemic times, and we, we'll keep checking up on you, too. Okay? All right. I thank you for that. I thank you so much for this hour. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye bye. I'll be holding on. Hey, who's this? This is Miss Theus. And Coach Mark. Oh no. How y'all doing? And I brought camera at, at that. That's that's just this is a treat. This is a treat. How y'all doing? We're doing great. We're great. Excellent. And and I've gotta say, and, and I guess you're calling in for, for my uh my twenty fifth birthday, right? Happy birthday, Thomas. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And and also happy birthday uh to you as well, Coach. I know you just uh uh, celebrated another birthday and uh, number 80. And, and, and the reason I can say number 80 with conviction is because you still look like the same Coach Martin <laughs> who was doing <laughs> doing suicides with us up and down the court uh, at Briarwood. You know. I don't think I can do a suicide. Miss <laughs> Thea, you're looking good as well. Thank you very much, Thomas. And uh, thank you both for calling. You know, I, I wanted to, I reached out to some of my favorite teachers and, and, and just people in general. And uh, you two uh, just are, are great people. Uh, I, I feel like I grew up in the halls of Briarwood between 77 and 82, and, and y'all are a big part of that. Um, and Coach, and, and I'll say this because a lot of folks don't know, I think I, I played eighth grade, but I played for you from ninth grade on because you pulled me. You didn't give me a chance to play B team. Remember that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that, that that was a compliment, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. So I spent I spent a lot of time with you, and and uh, you were a a good man. Uh, not only a good man, but very. Uh, how can I say it? Very contained. Is he is is that the way he is at home? Misty is very controlled kind of and then kind of controlled chaos not so much (laughs) (laughs) I kind of control his chaos now but you know you're a coach you're a coach as well you coached Women's basketball, girl or girls basketball back then. So. Whatever it was, it was wonderful. It was, it was, and uh, I will say, 
to my audience who listens to the show, Miss um, uh, Theus was also an excellent math teacher. Um, I was not an excellent math student, so I didn't have the opportunity to spend much time with her. I was more the English. Uh, I was more on the English side, the writing and English, but ma- math was not one of my favorite things. But uh, kudos to you, Miss Theus, for also being not only uh, on the athletic side, but also involved with uh with math as well. Did you do what? Trig? There at Briarwood, we had uh, trig uh, and then we had advanced algebra. Right, right, right. And yeah. A little um, pre-calculus. I kind of threw a little analysis pre-calculus in there for the, uh, what did we call them? We didn't call them gifted. They've changed the name so much and I, I've tutored my little great nieces and nephews mm-hmm. uh and so uh, the terminology's t- changed, but the math's still the same. I remember back uh, back during that time period, they called it. Uh, you may have been dealing with the tag because I, I, I knew there was there was the tag section, the students who were on the upper scale. So the reason I asked you to call, and and I appreciate you you both calling in, uh, was you know with me celebrating you know number fifty six. You know I'm, I'm just kind of thinking back and. And, and some of my favorite people who I really haven't had a chance to really get to know as much as I should have. Y'all have been together how long? Don't look at each other. <laughs> For real. What do you think? I was going to let him answer it, but okay. that will cause confusion and hurt feelings. It will be, we will be, our anniversary is August 15th and we will be married 44 years. Wow. Congratulations. So when you are actually, how long has it been? Briarwood, we're talking, for me, I remember 77 to 82. Do the math. You're a math person, Miss Theus. How long between that period? You guys have been married how long when you were at Briarwood? Uh, we married in 76, but I did not uh, uh, change my name. I used my maiden name uh, just just for the sake of uh, professionalism. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, a, a lot of our students... Uh, like you remember Carmen Short? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yep. Didn't know we were married until maybe we were got on Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> but and you know, I just used my maiden name then I then when I left teaching, uh I left Woodland that first year and I went to uh Delta, then I started being Mrs. Martin. Wow. So when I refer, when I say Miss Theus, that doesn't offend you, does it? Not at all. Because that's all I knew. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. And Coach Martin. Okay. Hey, so so you guys were together that long. When did, when did you both, Coach Martin, I'll start with you. When did you get into teaching? What, what Around what time? It was about 67, I think. 66, 67. Now, were you at Briarwood initially? No, I taught... Uh, First year I taught at R.L. Osborne over in Cobb. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Brook and was there for five years, then went to Briarwood. Got it. Wow. And listening and, to uh, your accent, you're from New York, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Yeah, right? I knew you about my accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's memorable. We 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 couldn't do without that, Coach. That was just part of that was part of the coaching experience. So so you yeah. taught you you basically you primarily taught in in the Atlanta area for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I never have been anywhere else. Good stuff. And what about you, Miss 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 Theus, Miss Martin? I um, started at Briarwood uh, in uh, set in seventy two. Good stuff. And I, I left. Um, I think it was seventy two, and I left uh, December of nineteen eighty two. The uh, that was the first year of Woodland, and there wasn't the the our the disciplines structure 
that I required to teach math uh, did not come with the new administration when the schools merged. Wow. And I found it very difficult. Uh, so I look, I look for other opportunities. Understood. Understood. So looking back, um, what's your biggest takeaway in general on, on teaching? What's, what's the biggest takeaway? And I'll start with you, Ms. Diaz, first. What's the biggest oh. takeaway for you? Uh, the, the the blessings and the uh, the relationship that we still have with so many former students and to see their success and what fine people they've grown into it's just uh, it was just a great opportunity and believe you me I would not have left had it not just been I couldn't do my job mm-hmm. and I was I could not do for the children what I needed to do. Although most of my students probably didn't like me very much because I was very mean <laughs> and strict. And uh, but uh, that was you know I, it, that was the greatest thing. And, and the, the only reason I stay on Facebook mm-hmm. really is because of my former students. Good, understood. What about you, Coach? Well, keeping in touch with everybody that I talked. Um, uh, all my basketball players, I've actually been in touch with just about all of them, except one I can't find, David Lucas. You remember David? Yeah, yeah I remember Luke. Yeah, absolutely. I can't anywhere. I don't know what happened to him. But everybody else, I believe I've been in touch with all of them, most of them on Facebook. Mm, wow. So, so because it's my birthday, uh, what do y'all remember most about dealing with me during that time frame? You got any... Any uh, any stories you can share, Coach? I'll start with you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he was the. You were the guy who held our team together. Actually, I thought I always thought that wow. you were the main stay. I believe you helped keep everybody kind of straight. Actually, <laughs> really, uh, we have, wasn't too straight <laughs> at that time. And, uh, once you were the president of student council and all that stuff, and made morning announcements. Wow, so, you remember that? Or you ran the school, actually, <laughs> you and Mr. Sam. Wow, wow. And, and, and Ms. Theus, what do you remember? You remember anything? You are one of the finest young men I've ever known. And wow. I, I, I will almost choke up when I say it. And what a joy it was to teach you and to watch you play ball and your leadership. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you're always happy. So happy when you see your students graduate and go on to, to school, but deep down inside you're kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I tell everybody what a great guy, kid, kid, <laughs> what a great kid you were. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I, I definitely appreciate that. I don't take that for granted either. The fact that you both say that, and and the check is in the mail uh, for saying for saying that as well. So so thank you so much. No, but but really. Um, you, you both, uh, I remember, um, because I did spend a lot of time with you coach and I started varsity early, you know, eighth, ninth grade. And I saw how you dealt with a lot of players who were challenged. One of the most, and, and I'll mention the name Henry Bridges, you know, uh, and, and most of us who, who were in the Briarwood, you know, family during that period, you know, understand, you know, rest in peace, Henry. Um, went through a lot, but you both handled some some pretty tough situations. I'd say. Uh, I, I think you know I'm, I'm saying I'm using the right words. You know when I say that um, in a delicate way. 
whereas uh, most people would not have been as sensitive to some challenges. I think I think you 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 really were uh, were very good at not only uh, dealing with people on the court, but also understanding their lives off the court. Uh, you got involved pretty heavily with with your students. Uh, am I, I? I see you nodding, Miss Theus, in agreement. Oh, absolutely. Uh, little Henry was uh, he was very dear to my heart. It was uh, somewhat a little rough around the edges. Uh, uh, he had not had the guidance academically that he could have used. I, my this is my opinion mm-hmm. is that he got passed on because he was he's such a good ball player. You An know, incredible. He just oh, yeah. yeah and we did extra tutoring for him and uh and I, I don't know how many people know little Henry, you know, he had a he was born with the liver of an older person. Wow. And um he had terrific headaches and I could identify with that because I had had a few migraines myself and uh we just uh we just hit it off and he uh he uh he, he, he could be quite the humorous fellow. He uh <laughs> Uh, you know, when his eligibility was up, he still hadn't graduated, and he came to tell me um, that he was leaving school, mm. and he knew that was going to hurt me, and he cried. Mm. And, uh, you know, we lost little Henry in his early 20s, and uh, Bob and I both spoke at his funeral, mm. and, uh, you know, he was, uh, uh, he he came to our house one time when he's point after after uh, several years, mm-hmm. you know, after he left school. Yeah. Came and walking down my driveway there in East Point and he had a cigarette. All of a sudden he realized where he was and he put it <laughs> behind his back. And I said, Henry Bridges, mm-hmm. get rid of that cigarette. You know you're not supposed to be able to smoke. Yeah. And it, but anyway, yes, he's uh, understood. I think Bob for him and uh, and so many other fine young people there that just need an opportunity to be nurtured and and helped. Absolutely. What about you, Coach? Any any words? I mean, I'm just the reason I mentioned it. Again, you not only were a coach on 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 the court um, or in in school, but you also uh, you know you really definitely were impact. You impacted a lot of lives. You know, outside off the court as well. So. Thoughts? Any quick thoughts on that? I always thought that, uh, you know, they were like a little family there, a basketball team. And I wanted to take as good a care of them as I could while they were playing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they would amount to, you know, not just basketball, but other things as well. And most of them did. As a matter of fact, I look over my uh, teams, I don't think they won guy on our whole team who didn't make it on any of them yeah yeah and and you know coach on a on a humorous note i want to mention this and and my the folks who are listening to this podcast you know you you guys of course you know part of my i consider you part of my family over over all these years but you were also the driver's ed teacher (laughs) which i cannot forget being in the car with you when you were taking us on the highway and how did you make it all those years as a driver's ed coach? I mean, as a driver's ed teacher, coach. You know, it never bothered me much. I, I did learn right early off, though, that when you were going to give somebody instructions yeah. about where to turn or whatever, yeah. you had to tell them what you wanted them to do before you told them to turn. Because <laughs> if you say turn right up here, they're going to, if you, before you get up here, 
mm-hmm. they'd already turned. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to tell them ahead of time where you wanted to turn or whatever. I will never forget being in that car when we went on the highway for the first time. That's all I can say. I'll leave it at that. But thank you, Coach. They, I mean, I'm not – well, I, I, I can say – I am somewhat of a better driver. I could have been a lot worse if if I hadn't been in that car with you. So thank you, sir. I appreciate you. (laughs) You don't remember that, do you? (laughs) The white knuckles. (laughs) Go ahead. What were we doing? Entering the freeway? We were entering the freeway. And I think I was probably, because I had only been on the road, first time for me. Go ahead. That was, uh, I mean, not just you, but anytime anybody entered the freeway, it scared me a little bit. Other times. (laughs) That's about the only time going I ever did worry about anything was mm. when we were uh, entering the freeway. It was kind of rough. Well, you know, I say kudos oh, to man. you, and it, it showed another level of your of your patience and your personality as well. So I, I, I don't forget that. Hey, you know, again, I, I appreciate both of you for, for taking the time. Uh, it's crazy, as you know. The world uh, is going through a lot right now. You guys, you know, Coach, you're 80. Miss Theus, you're about 30-something. Um, you know, <laughs> 71. <laughs> 71, I'm sorry, but, but you both have, have seen a lot. Um, what, what kind of, what advice do you give or would you give, let's say as, as former teachers who, who have, you know, taught, you know, uh, so many different types of people, so many types of students, you know, black students, white students, all, what advice would you give people today? Um, and, and, you know, that being parents, or even just people in general. What advice? And I'll start with you, Miss Theus. What advice would you give? I think I would give them the advice that that my mother taught me that when you you meet each person and you treat them like a, a human being with respect and love. And um, and and I think that goes a long way. You start off with that respect, and um, and uh, you have to be careful. I'm not saying. Uh, that, that you don't have to be careful out in this world, but you, you will be amazed at uh, at what will happen when you when you treat someone with respect and dignity. Uh, with some of my students and some of my more challenging classes, I adopt, adapted the, adopted the policy of calling them Mister and Miss, and uh, because I wanted to be called Miss This, mm-hmm. and I found I found that. Uh, I found that helped a lot that, you know, you just treat people with respect and uh, and realize if they don't treat you back with respect. This is what my mother said. I was telling her about uh, an incident and we were very poor and she was a single parent. And I was telling her about something that had happened. And uh, she said uh, they hadn't invited me to a party okay, because we didn't have a car mm-hmm. and I was eight or nine sleepover. She said, but you know what? That's their problem. She said, that's not your problem. She said, it's their problem that they're that short-sighted. And you just, and people don't treat you with respect. That is their problem. Mm-hmm. And you just uh, try to love one another and be as courteous and kind as you possibly can in this world. We need so much more of it. Coach, you've, you've coached uh, a lot of different people, a lot of different types of personalities. Um, you know, so many over the years. You still talk to a lot of us. What advice would you give? Well, I'd just say everybody needs to come together and treat everybody uh, with respect and do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Understood. That's what my grandmother always taught me to do. I lived with my grandmother and grandfather when I was growing up. So 
they always taught me that. Yeah, excellent. Where'd you grow up, Coach? I never asked well, you that. Well, it was in the South. <laughs> I just, I just, I just know I always see Roll Tide. Is that, is there a reason? <laughs> All right, I grew up in Albertville, Alabama. Heard of it? Absolutely, I know it. It uh, was a small town, but it's not real small now. But back, but I lived in a little community called High Point, which was mm-hmm. out of Albertville, okay. and we had a, we had a general store. We had a grist mill. We had a um, we had a guy who shoes horses. What do you call him? And uh, a blacksmith. We had yeah. a pop shop. Blacksmith. Wow. Blacksmith. Blacksmith. We had a barber shop. In the barber shop, you get your hair trimmed or take your mule down there and get it trimmed. <laughs> Good grief! Good <laughs> <Get> coach. <laughs> Tell I made it right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, well, well, I, I just want to thank you both for for taking the time out. Um, to be on the podcast. Thank you for reaching out to me on my, on my birthday. It's very special to me to hear from you guys. I, I, I see you uh, on Facebook. Uh, I've seen you at a couple of reunions, but we, we haven't had a chance to really talk. So this means a lot to me. And I just want to say thank you both and uh, keep doing your thing. And, and I'm going to end with one question, Coach, because I didn't ask this one question. And I, I need to know. Now, you didn't see, you told me you didn't see Last Dance. Uh, Michael yeah. Jordan, you didn't see it. Um, but the question that, that I had, because it was kind of like the last dance for us at Broward. It was our last season of the school when we, when we were, you know, when my last season was the last season of the school. So when you look back, who was the Michael Jordan on that team? Who was the Michael Jordan? Well, I didn't think we really had a Michael Jordan one. Mm-hmm. All, all uh, about, well, the first five was all about equal, I thought. And we had several guys come off the bench, like old Big E, Big E from Asbury that oh, came yeah. out. He would guard the best defensive player around. Absolutely. He played great defense. But um, I thought everybody was about the same. And uh, you and uh, Daryl Scott were good inside and could shoot and play defense and jump out of the gym. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> now, now Michael and Quinn could shoot, and they were both fast. Mm-hmm. And then we had Patrick, who always went to the wrong side, but he always scored. <laughs> Absolutely. He sure did. That team, your junior year and senior year, I was counting it up a while ago, and you were uh, 39 and 9. Wow. So repeat that one more time. Our, our record junior and senior year, what was that again? Yeah, I'm not absolutely sure about how many losses, but it was, I think it was really less than what I'm saying. But the two years you played varsity started like it was uh, 39 and 9. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was an incredible time. Um, I couldn't have done it or we couldn't have done it um, without, you know, your style and, 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 and your coaching. And and Miss Theus, thank you for for taking such good care of him. Uh, yep. You know, I, I I know it's tough sometimes because <laughs> I used to be with him as a coach. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, thing here. No, go ahead, go ahead, Miss, go ahead, Coach. That the game we played Westwood, we were playing Westwood. You know, they were Westwood, and we was and I looked out there at the clock, and and it was like a minute and just a little bit to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were ten points behind. And I called timeout and I said, "Look at the clock, man. We're ten minutes. We're ten uh, points behind. With uh, when the time expired, we had scored twenty points within that one inch. Wow! We 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 made up our ten points and then went ahead ten points. Wow! Within that, by almost two minutes. 
Good I mean, stuff. we didn't have any three-point shots either. It was all two. All two. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. That, that was the best comeback I ever seen in any ball team I ever had. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. Bussy and Quinn. <laughs> Bussy and Quinn. I'm sitting in the stands. Later on, sometimes I would sit behind him. Mm-hmm. But this time I'm sitting in the stands uh, it's right after the girls' game. And uh, it, the game had just started. And uh, here comes Bussy and Quinn down the, the court. You know, they would just jump up and shoot it. And this guy behind me said, they just jump up and shoot it from anywhere. I said, well, you know what counts if it goes in. I wonder how far we could have gone if we could have had three points. Oh, I'm here to tell you. You're right. Because they, they, we might have won the state. Yeah, I agree. And, and let me, and I'll mention this just for historical reference. Um, when we, I know when we lost the last game was to Russell, um, right. the young man. Um, he went on to play football for Minnesota. Reginald Rutland, Reginald Rutland, um, right. was tough. We couldn't, we couldn't stop him. I mean, uh, during the season, he was stoppable. I still remember that last game. Um, but yeah. if we had gone to the state, we would play what Kenny Walker. That was Kenny Walker at Crawford County. You remember that, right? Because that that eighty two season that was his season. That's the the, the season uh, they won the state. So it would have been Kenny was dominant. He was he was dominant that year. So thank you both um, again, Miss Theus. Thank you so much, um, Coach Martin. Thank you so much. Y'all take care of yourselves. Stay sheltered in place. And um, I'll keep I'll keep uh, looking for you. What, you got one more thing? Go ahead. You have to come see us. Oh, I will. I definitely will. Y'all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm closer now, so it's not much of a drive. I got to come see you. All right. Y'all take care now. We'll see you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Friend. Goodbye. You're late. Bye. Bye. I'll keep This episode is dedicated to my all-time favorite teacher, uh, the one who dragged me to H.R. Butler Elementary School, Grady Homes downtown, when I was three years old. Thank you, Mom. And remember, y'all, don't forget to breathe and thank a teacher. You've been listening to The G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.